Welcome to Fantasy Watch, the show, quenching your thirst when it comes to fantasy value in the Overwatch League. My name's Invictus, and I'm here with my co-host, Mikey. What's up, Mikey? Hey, Invictus. Um, hi, Mikey. I'd say, well, we had a we had just quite a week for the uh, first week of Stage 3 now. It's, it's uh, there, were, there were upsets, there were just there were turnarounds. And it was a great, it was a great week. Just a lot of games just went unexpected. How was yours? Man, I really enjoyed watching some of the matchups this week, despite some of the teams that I uh, root for losing. I think we saw some really good Overwatch, so I'm really happy about that. Um, my fantasy teams didn't do so hot, but that's okay. I got really hurt in some of my drafts, just the way things played out. It's all right. I'm not salty. It's the first year. Um, I'm enjoying it. I got a couple teams that are being, are going uh, pretty well, though, and this week didn't necessarily hurt them, especially some of the teams that I made some of these moves, talking about the players we talked about. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about that coming up. This week, we got some great topics for you. I'm going to go over who this week's leaders were. We're going to shout out a couple of the new additions that are being made, talk about who's out, because um, we got some ins, we got some outs. Uh I just wish I had the burger-like agilities. Um, and then we're going to go over this week's preview. We're going to talk about who, what matchups we're looking forward to and what players we think are going to find some fantasy success for you. All right, so let's jump right into it, Mikey. Um, let's talk about the weekly leaders. Uh, why don't you hit us up with some of the DPS players and why you think they were successful this week? All right, well, we're going to lead it off with effects. Effects. Hey, he, he looked like his old form having an effect for the uh, the fuel. Seems like uh, after the, after the three casters all picking the Shanghai to win over fuel, it fueled some sort of hatred for him. And uh, we saw him just lighting it up on stage, you know, getting kill after kill. And yeah, it, it was just the effect that we expected to see. And um, hey, I hope he plays with this kind of tempo going forward. Striker. We saw just the um, striker. We saw the consistent performance we would expect out of them. You know, always just car- carving up the team, splitting, uh, managing to split the team and kite, and just um, being that backline wreck. And Snillo, <laughs> boy, does he always look good. Does he not just look good with Carpe, folks? I'd actually like to hear more. Um, your thoughts more on Snillo and Victus. I don't know if he was powered by the walkout that he did um, oh, wow. but I do think that his game looks great fantasy value is definitely there like we said he's the third, uh, number 3 DPS this week I think we can expect to see that more regularly on the future maybe not number 3 every week because after um, what we're going to talk about a little bit later but EQO is currently suspended at least for one more game I think that once he comes back we are going to see some EQO in there but I do think that Snillo has proven that the team can look and play good together with um, with Snillo uh, playing right there with Carpe. Uh, so the kid just the kid just continuously surprises me. You know, being from some coming from some just uh, more uh, internationally unknown uh, DPS player from from EU to uh, to just exploding on stage from his debut to now. The yeah, the kid's a prodigy in the making. Yeah, back to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, Snillo is going to definitely find more success. I'm excited to see where his future is um, and what he's going to be able to continue to do. Um, 
Fusion has such a good and deep roster. I think I'm really excited to see what they can bring to the table uh, coming in this stage. Hey, actually, with the looming return of EQO, you think that this might drop Snowlow down a tier? You know, we were talking about how you could reasonably move him up to deep uh, to DPS three to if you were willing to test the waters DPS two. Um, yeah, I think three and two are still acceptable numbers. You know, before. The EQO suspension, which was only three games, so two last week and one this week. Um, you know, in a week where EQO isn't playing, Snillo clearly proved he's capable of being a, a tier one, um, which is because really, you know, remember in a, a, a 10 team or 18 league, tier one is the top eight and he's the top three. So I think that he is can reach that. I think that you're going to, in the future, probably expect tier 3 points out of him, which is acceptable. Again, you're most likely running 4 DPS. Um, so having a third DPS that's going to be, you know, Snillo's caliber with the possible upside of being a tier 1, giving you tier 1 points on a regular basis, he definitely can be on your roster and be started. Yeah. And with this map pool, I actually find more security in running Snillo if I was the... Uh I was the fusion. Yeah, so. absolutely. Sniper Tracer is definitely looking good on a couple of the maps, at least so far throughout week one. Um, I have no idea what anybody's doing on Blizzard World. Didn't look like the pros did either. So we still got to, we're yet to see what's going to happen there. But, you know, let's uh, small clap it up for the dev team. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking with the, uh, with the second streets phase on defense spot. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking, but hey. Yeah, but uh, but go ahead. I just say that kind of brings us into the support do, uh, players. Um, we're not going to go too deep into these because we've kind of talked about them um, ad nauseum. But uh, Sleepy, Jonak, and Shaz, they've all been here consistently. Even Sleepy coming from a team that doesn't have necessarily as much of the weekly results as the other two do. Um He's just been good. He's got good aim. He makes the plays. He's pretty aggressive, which maybe that helps him on the team, the way they play. They play very aggressive and in your face. Um, Shocker, a bunch of people from Selfless playing in your face. I cannot believe it, but Sleepy seems to fit into that, and he does do well. He is going to continue, I think, be a a very startable support option. Jonak, he is who he is. He's one of the greatest right now. And you got Shaz, who also plays extremely well. He comes from one of the best tank or uh, best support duos like we've talked about. But that brings us into tanks, where we see two people I absolutely expected to be there and one person who kind of shocks me. Why don't you tell me who the tanks are, Mikey? Alright, we're going to lead it off with, uh, with Fisher. Now, um, the handsomest, now he, now he, most he, he, bestest main tank in the world. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, London's regretting this, but with the uh, first game against the Shock, uh, Fisher seemed to, see, you know, as stats wise, he kind of struggled just because Shock knew Shock knew to go after him, and you know, so and it was kind of boring to see him hacked over and over again by Dante Sombra, which we will get into later. But then going forward, they had an amazing game against Fuel. He had a considerable amount of output. Considerable is actually understating it, but um, yeah, Fisher's still doing wonders for that uh, gl- that Gladiators team. And then we go on, and then we go into uh, go with Gesture. 
who it's arguable it's arguable to have him here but like um just 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 being gesture he's uh he, he's creating a ton of space for that birdring that birdring profit duo duo dps and he gets he, he i see him on the kill feed quite a bit and so he garners that spot there but now it's nevix you gotta you actually have to explain to me what's with the nevix pick here this week hey man these are just the points off the board i'm just telling the story that was already told you know sometimes again the best player isn't uh, or the best player in fantasy isn't the best player in real life um you might be hearing my dog in the background right now he's digging on our couch or something i don't know but um you know that's the beautiful thing about fantasy um i've got fantasy baseball players on my roster that you know on a traditional team may not play all the time because i don't play them all the time you got players who are um only get placed or only play when they're playing against a left-handed pitcher or a right-handed pitcher because they can't hit the other side like there's all kinds of strategies that you can play in real life baseball. You know, that player isn't as valuable necessarily as say having the best catcher, you know, like you might, every team would rather have Wilson Ramos, but you know, some of the other players are going to be valuable. Maybe you had two of them that you rotate through. So I, 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 uh, I digress a little bit too much, but I don't think we're going to see Nevix here all that much. Maybe, we will because there's a, a total change in the way that they play with Dante and Sinatra and super playing main tank. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that Nevix may not even have a starting role in a couple of weeks once Choi comes to the United States. So I don't anticipate him coming here. Maybe we see him. Maybe we don't. If you have him on your roster and you started him, I don't envy your roster, my friends. <laughs> but uh yeah with that but with the with the uh mention of the tanks plays uh, that brings us into the honorable mentions for this week and uh, how do we lead it off well how about we start with gig with uh Gregory on orisa you know very, definitely imp- definitely impressed us surprising to many eyes but personally i've known that Gregory is all um uh, Always probably had the best Orisa out of the entire entire Shanghai Dragons roster. Be um, actually, she's a viable main tank if it doesn't involve Reinhardt. She has an impressive Winston Orisa. Now we didn't see her playing second in the second matchup. We saw mostly MG playing that flex tank, which, like, you know, you, you pick up your Guri for the upgrade, and then you decide to test out the waters with MG again. That's interesting. Go in your thoughts, man. Yeah. I don't know why they're playing Angie. I think that um, Giguri is a more talented player, but we don't know the inner dynamics. Maybe, you know, playing once that week, like, look, man, she has a lot of pressure on her. You know, I, I want to see her succeed for a whole lot of reasons, but mostly because I think that she's an entertaining player. I wish Zarya was in the meta, and I'm ex- though, even though I'm still excited to watch her play D.Va, um, I don't know, maybe there's language issues. There's a lot of pressure and stress in that Shanghai uh, room right now. And it's not all just on her. I think there's a ton of other things going on. Who knows why she wasn't able to to play. I'm not too worried about fantasy value like we talked about her before. It's just not there yet. We need to wait to see. 
Um, as with a lot of these players on the Dragons, I do want to see them succeed. Me and Mikey kind of blew our calls on that matchup, but Seth. Lupin. Well, to be to be to be fair, to be fair, um, th- all three of the casters kind of blew that call too. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, I think a lot of us it it was half our. It was the first game that we could mentally and cognitively find a way to give Shanghai the benefit of the doubt or uh, get put tilt the odds into their favor. And maybe it was just a hopeful stretch. Who knows? Um, but that kind of, but I mean, Oh yes. But, uh, but like that first game against the Dallas fuel, they're not, they're, uh, their engagements. They looked a lot more impressive than they have been in a, in a while. Oh, I will you know, I, absolutely say that Shanghai looked the best they have ever looked this week. Um, but and you've, you've, seen, you've said this a lot. We said this a lot, the best but that they had looked too. Like Dallas looked better than they'd looked in the past. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think anybody anticipated Dallas looking as good as they did after all of the roster drama and the trades and switching out Custa for Unco. I don't think very many people anticipated that to go as smoothly as it did. Um, I also don't think that people thought we were going to see as much AKM, but maybe it's the the AKM and Unco duo that is helping them out, that communication level and uh, experience together. Who knows? And then you also have to you also have to remember that um, you know it, it is Dallas Field playing the Shanghai Dragons, a the other bottom bottom team. Yeah, absolutely. But I I just. I just liked when the stat screen pulled up that uh, you know Giggory was able to match was able to match Siegel, and that's something that's a performance that unfortunately we wouldn't be we wouldn't uh, be able to fathom out of MG in the past you know past two stages. Yeah, I definitely can agree with that. Um, I, that kind of moves us along into uh, one of the other games actually, or one of the other teams that played that day, and that's going to be the San Francisco Shocks boy Dante. Um, and I wrote them separately, but let's also talk about kind of just all of the DPS situation in San Francisco here. So Dante by far proving that he is one of the best Sombras in the Overwatch League, um, has a ton of value still in stage three. I think we will see architect at some point when that is, I'm not really sure yet. Um, so unless, um, Something crazy happens. I would continue to say Dante and Sinatra. Uh, both Dante and Sinatra are startable. Baby Bay, if you absolutely have nothing better, then he's a risky, risky start. I think we saw him play one or maybe two maps the entire week. Um, you can watch the situation develop, but I think that Dante is still a safe play, and so is Sinatra. Um, and then Architect, we just got to wait and see. What do you think? Man, I just I like I just want to see Dante Sinatra keep playing it out, and then inevitably when Architect comes in, it's gonna be the heartbreak of who's gonna not who's gonna not be starting, you know, between Architect Sinatra and and Dante. But unfortunately, can't start all three D all three DPS. Well, actually, in in uh, fantasy you can, but like in uh, in real Overwatch you can't, and that's just gonna be a heartbreak to see. What if they uh, now? What if their plan is like a four DPS meta? They're like, okay, this isn't your rank. This isn't your ranked game now. This isn't your ranked game now. But um, 
but like Dante, he gave us wow, that was a performance on on Sombra. You know, scoring quintuple digits in the damage department, and like if you rewatch the uh, Gladiators uh, Shock uh, matchup, you could see who the, who the clear dominant Sombra was, and it w- and it was just pun it was just punishing for the Gladiators. You know, Dante was able to build up two like an EMP in double the time that it would take Surefour to not that sure not to bash on Surefour, but it was just. You know, he uh, Dante knew the character better, and it played out yeah. better on the maps that required it. Sure, didn't play it bad. Dante is just that much better. Better. Um, and that kind of brings us into the next team or the next player. Uh, Saya player showed up for the first time for the mayhem, and he looked pretty good at times. Um, his playtime just isn't there for fantasy. But I'm excited to see what happens. I think maybe eventually we're going to see him in Logics a lot more with Tavik playing kind of the filler role or the niche role. Although, who knows? Tavik also played Tracer when when um, Logics was playing Widow and looked really good. So maybe there is a place for Tavik still. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, you got any comments on Saya Player or the next person on the list? Just because of the nature of the uh, map pool, I'm I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I think I think Sai, we're going to see more, a little more side player into the lineup, and you know, and like like you said, Tavik being that third uh, their third DPS, you know, switching in and out because this is a more like I don't know, double hit scan, not double hit scan, but just like widow widow tracer kind of deal, kind of deal, and we know Lo- we know Logix has and a very impressive tracer. Probably one of the best Western tracers, and we saw the what Sia player can do on the Widowmaker, and uh, I think long term for justice for this stage, we're gonna see a little more Sia players than Tavik. But you know, take that as yeah. I think those are some good callouts with Sia player. Um, what do you think about space, man? What do you think about space in his day? Uh, well, with space, I th- that was one of the best tank debuts in a long time. No, actually, sh- scratch that. That was the best debut of any player in in Overwatch League. Like he, I think the only one that might rival it is Snillo. Snillo did look good in his debut. He he did, but I mean, Space pulled it off against the the Soul the Soul Dynasty for owing them and like having what was it you single right, single right. digit deaths like lower lower than like yeah. five I believe I don't know. But yeah, um, of course, Soul against some of the best DPS in the world. Soul, Flutter and much. Soul also had they also had some other issues that they later explained, which I I might go into detail later. But like, uh, still in the end, Space looked fantastic as ever, foroing the Soul Dynasty, and then later going on to foroing the uh, the dragons. How about you elaborate on that? No, I think you pretty much said it well. Um, he looked really good. He played really well with the team. You know, we talked about last week, like, you must be very confident if you're willing to let go of Envy. Like, they didn't just, like, let go of Envy or trade him. They're paying him for the rest of the season to go back to Korea and play in open division. Like, that's that's legit what's happening. So, to kind of be like willing to toss out that kind of money and just be like, yeah, we can, we can uh, cut that loss. Like 
you have to be really confident in Space's long-term abilities for your team. And I think that Space said, here I am, dudes. Like, let's go. Let's, if you rock, I'm going to roll. Um, but speaking of rolling, the ball dosser, Custa, in his debut for the Valiant. Uh, we talked a little bit about Unko earlier, so we won't round back to that. Um, but Cusa had a week that was better than most weeks that he's been on the fuel, even the weeks where he started full-time um, this week playing for the Valiant. What do you think makes Cusa more successful for the Valiant than than for the fuel? Or what do you think he brings to that roster? Because, you know, I didn't anticipate him to jump onto the team and be starting week one, but he was. Um, I... I don't know. I don't want to say it, but right now, I guess the Valiant look as stable as they can be when when compared to the Fuel and with a team that like yes, they're yes they're going through roster instability, but at least in the game they're all on the same page. It benefits to uh, Custa because he knows that he knows he knows the flow of the game. We saw him orchestrate it against the Dynasty, and then later the Dragons. And he had, and you know, he put he had the output that maybe he just that um he wasn't able to have with the fuel because 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 of many extenuating circumstances, and we got to saw the full effect of it this past week. Yeah, I think that sums that up pretty well. I think I'm definitely in agreement there. Um, he looked better. The team seems to be on the same page. And he seems to be kind of a better fit for that style. And nothing personal, I think, either way, because I think both teams looked better after this trade. Unko started the whole time for the fuel, looked very good. Um, they seem to look better as a team. Custa starts for the Valiant. They seem to look better as a team. It's a good trade. Um, but that kind of brings us into some more uncharted territory, uh, AKA this week we talked a lot about, um, kind of the results of some of the transfers and some of the mid season pickups, but we have a few more mid season pickups, possibly the last, but also there is a possibility that another player is picked up and just hasn't been announced yet. There are still a few more rumors running around. Um, but this week we saw, uh, confirmed pickup of Aim God going to Boston. This one, he is a Metabellum uh, support player. However, both in his in his announcement on the Overwatch League page and on the Boston website, it says he's a support player. However, he is listed as a DPS player on the official website as well. So I'm not really sure. In the past, he's been a, a Sombra and Zen player. So I think that's probably what we're going to see. Although... Who knows what's going to happen and when he's going to get to the United States. He may not even be um, viable as a or even in the United States until stage four. Because it did say that they were still waiting to receive his visa paperwork as of like two days ago. So uh, what do you think about AIMGOD, Mikey? Well, first I'd like to express my gratitude. Much of what I know about this, about Overwatch the game right now, is due to a um, runner from Team Runaway who I actually had gotten contact with during around season two, season three of ranked. And then much of this current meta is because of aim God. Actually I've, um, I, it's because of like 
connection A and B. I've, man- I've somehow some- managed to get in contact with Aim God, and he let me sit in on a ton of scrims to where I was moved up to a part-time analyst for Metabellum. And um, with Aim God to Boston, you get one of Korea's best Zenyatta players and um, and Sombra. He had a punishing Sombra for Metabellum, but that just that also brings up questions of how will be he will be technically their fifth support player for Boston in a team that is currently actually lacking a DPS. But now on the flip side, Aim God actually he also actually brings uh, to the team. Zenyatta, Sombra, and also a Widowmaker, and a Widowmaker, and for a time Tracer, which but I doubt that he will be playing say Tracer over the likes of Mistakes and um, and uh, Striker. <laughs> I really doubt that. He, his Widowmaker is is something is actually something else, but it's still five supports for the for the Boston team. How about you tell me something about that? <laughs> Man, I think I don't know nearly as much about Amgad as you do. I do think that he's going to be a solid pickup either way. It's going to give them more options. Um, and we also don't know what some of the long-term plans are. Look, they may Boston, at the time that they did the signing, may have been totally content with their roster as is. They may have another person being picked up that hasn't been announced yet. That's possible, too. Um but, you know, I think that it's going to be a positive move long-term either way. I can foresee one, maybe two of the other support players on this roster getting dropped after the season. We just have to wait and see how things go. You know, as a Zen player, I don't think that they're unhappy with Neko. But maybe they want another Zen on the roster. Maybe they want to have the backup top tier Zen. I think Neko's looked very good throughout a lot of the season. Um, or they could be bringing him in to actually play DPS. We don't know. I think time's going to tell us an interesting story. Um, but I think the Boston is, uh, isn't is finished for the season. And I think we're going to see some exciting things coming forward. Um, another team that hopefully we see some exciting things from is the Dragons. Uh, last week, right after we dropped the new episode of the show, uh, Damon or Demon uh, gets picked up by the Dragons off of the NRG Contenders team. So he is a Korean player um, who was in the United States playing for the uh, Contenders team for NRG. Gets picked up by the Dragons. Now, that's a whole lot of jibber jabber for something that's much more important long term which is the viability of contenders. Contenders will be valuable because sponsorships, so for the teams, the orgs that need to make money, um, contenders can be successful because of sponsorship deals, tournament winnings, picking up players who maybe have some kind of contract that they're going to get money off of Twitch or something like that, but that's Minimal. I don't even think that's legitimate. I don't think I should even said that. But, and then most importantly, though, in my opinion, is Overwatch League teams. Um, if you're a contenders team and you pick up great talent because you can sign people at young ages, which the Overwatch League teams can sign at like 17 and then they'd be eligible the next year. 
you know, but in contenders, you can sign and pay players and develop players. And say you're not on an academy team, but you're just simplicity um, or something like that, or the Grizzlies. You have the ability to basically develop players and then hope that the Overwatch or Overwatch League teams buy them, which is what happened. So more jibber jabber just to say I, I am excited to see a contenders team because now he's already in the United States, already has a visa to play, so he can join the team right away, and he did. The deal was announced Wednesday morning, and he started Wednesday night. So it's exciting to see. It means the NRG contenders team picked up some money, 25% of whatever contract uh, the Dragons gave him to fill Undead's role as he has now left the team. Um, And that brings us to Need for the Valiant. Uh, Previously played for uh, the Foxes. NC Foxes yet, and I don't know too much about him, um, but at this point, again, I, I the same argument I talked about with Space, the Valiant were clearly confident enough to say we will still pay Envy to sit at home and play Open Division and pick up this guy instead because they needed room. Uh, what do you think about Need, Mikey, or the deal as a whole? Uh, well, I mean, with Need, Need coming Need coming in, uh, there's not too much known about him. His stint with NC Boxes was was rather short, and um, I can't I can't really comment too much about him be, be just just because the the lack of knowledge on him. I just know that he was a he, he was a, he was a he was a solid flex player for for the short time that he played for, um, for NC. And I, I, I can't even say I heard much good things about him just because it, it was a short stint, you know? I, so I'm, I'm going to have to pass on this. I hate to get the short stick on, uh, Hey, it's all good. I don't, I don't know much either, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, they didn't really say much about his visa paperwork, so we might not see him for a while. Uh, fantasy value is not a, until we actually see some play time. Um, I can't wait to talk about again, these next two, though. <laughs> yeah, just before we move on to the next two, though, on the topic, and you know, just because we don't have value for him now, it doesn't mean he isn't a good deal, or something like that. Just remember, some of these teams could be picking up players solely to fill the role on their bench, and that may be the issue. It, it could be that Valiant said, "Hey, look, Envy, you're going to be sitting the bench to behind space from now on," and he they took. You know, him to in and out and gave him his burger and said, look, your chance is up. We don't know. Um, and Envy could have been like, dude, I'm not sitting on the bench. Yeah, I'll go home. And maybe Valiant was like, all right, bro, we'll do that. We'll pay somebody else. We don't know. Um, but that brings us in. The final pickups that have been confirmed so far this week. We got KSF and Fincy also signing to the Valiant roster to fill it out. Uh, what do you think about those two? Um, and then I'll jump into some of my thoughts. Well, they they're picking up uh, KSF from Simplic- um, Simplicity that we actually just aff- the aforementioned team, and uh, both from Sim- Simplicity. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't Players. think Finzi was from Simplicity. No, was he? I thought I thought they were both from Simplicity. Go ahead and tell me your thoughts, and I'll go look it up. All right. Well, um, with in when in KSF they get they pick up a, a flex DPS who. Um, 
Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know. I don't know how he'll compete at this at this level just yet. You know, he's he's played. He's always played at the tier two, tier one point five level throughout throughout his career. He could easily now he could like easily just jump out into tier one all of a sudden. Uh, but as of right now, I say that agilities may be the more stable the more stable flex DPS just because he's had that experience uh, more than say KSF. And uh, while we're while we're on the topic, simplicity they were. They were they're they're, they're a mid tier contenders team as uh, as of now as as we speak, and KSF he's had meddling success, and but I, I like I said I trust Winston's judgment in picking him up, I and uh, you know they could cultivate him maybe they're just picking him up to fill out that twelve man roster for internal scrims, and and with that that also brings me into uh, talking about Finzi, Finzi. It was who is for the record I was wrong you were right orgless and hungry but also out of contenders and I don't I don't know anything about this deal I hope at some point we can ask because um, I think it's important to know but orgless and hungry is orgless so if there is a buyout who does that go to or did they did somebody just lose out on you know, 25% of whatever his contract was. I mean, I'm just curious because what if Orglis and Hungary as an org, the uh, remaining five players, you know, just picked up, you know, 25% of an OWL signing contract. Who knows? But, all right, go ahead with Finzi. Well, Finzi, if you kept up with any bit of um, of contenders from from the past, Finzi was a, was a, was a mainstay name. You know, he was noted for his... Uh, his abilities on the, on the hit scan characters, you know, like McCree, Soldier seventy six, even even pulling out the uh, Widowmaker and the Tracer. But it seems, but um, because just because as of late he's been playing the flex tank role, the diva, the, the diva role, more than likely he'll be the second the second diva where uh, to pick up after space, you know, sitting behind space uh, after dropping Envy. I think I actually think this will be one of the one one of the one contenders players that will have that will just pick up where he left off and be and be that set and be that solid uh, backup or a player perhaps perhaps what are your thoughts on these two? I think I agree. KSF is a extremely talented player. Um, I don't know if it's Al caliber play yet, but we're about to find out. I think that for both of these guys. Um, they have not seen a ton of what I would consider true top tier talent. Um, nothing against them personal. I'm not trying to talk smack on the teams they played for, but you know, there, there's one thing to be said against playing against NA as, uh, the man, the myth, the legend that I can't think of his name now. So I guess he's rather neither a man, myth or a legend. I guess he's a man, I suppose, but it's not my determination to make. Um, dang. Halfy cool. Thank you. My brain finally decided to work. But like half a cool once said, losing to tier two uh, NA or Western tier two or NA tier two teams, and then comes back and loses to them as well. Um, they haven't played against the Korean teams or even the top Western teams, which we now know can compete, but. 
we didn't really see a ton of that outside of, you know, Envy and contenders in season one and two. I mean, Envy would make it to the playoffs most seasons, but, you know, they didn't really fare too well most of the rest of the time. So I think that since then, you know, now in Overwatch League, some Western teams are looking very good. I'm excited to see what these guys have, if we even see them hit the playing time. Um, Finzies may not even be in NA. We're going to have to wait and see on that. But I'm excited to see what it means. But I'm not ready to pick him up for my fantasy. Not just That's yet. a whole lot of talking for, for not a lot of meat. My apologies <laughs> there. Um, so let's cut to the chase. We'll hit the, the who's out for the week. So this week, um, like I said earlier, the suspension came out, I believe, after we recorded last week. But EQO is suspended uh, for three games. He did something uh, pretty offensive on stream, but we'll just kind of pass over what was done. I wouldn't start him this week because he is um, only going to be able to play one of the games. Um, but if you have to, or you just like living dangerously, go ahead and try. Uh, Dream Casper is out indefinitely. We're not going to really cover what he did. It was disgusting and detestable and reprehensible. Um, the punishment is just from the league. But I'm sure there may be more going forward. Again, we're not really going to get into it. I just want to talk about the fantasy value. What do you think that this means for mistakes, Mike? Uh, we're, well, we're definitely going to see a ton more of mistakes, mistakes playtime. You know, he's got big. He's got. I hate like, I hate to say it, but he's got big shoes to fill for for Dreams Casper. Now, um, I'm ex- I'm a little apprehensive to see what's he going to play because. He's gonna have to essentially he's gonna have to play everything that that uh, striker didn't play, and or in, in maybe aim god is really a nasty game. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait to see that. But yeah, mistakes. He has quite the same hero pool as say um, striker, but I. But now we know that that both of them have a widow. We've seen stri- we've seen striker's widow from quite a bit more. And we also know that, um, and we do know that mistakes has a sombra, and they and both in common have were, were known tracer players, and so like this. So now, now mistakes actually has value in that just because of his of his starting time and the team that he plays for, Boston. He could you could you know you could reasonably guard he could reasonably garner a DPS four spot just just because of you know how good their team is and. And uh, just his playtime alone, because he's the only other DPS that you can't that they can start now. He has to start. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, not necessarily. Like I said, they might move somebody else into the DPS role, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, but I think that's enough of the Audi uh, this week. Let's move on. Let's talk about what's going to happen next week because I think we got some good matchups coming in. Um, the first one, maybe not as good as some of the others, but it's going to be the Shanghai Dragons versus the Los Angeles Gladiators. Fisher and the boys up against Shanghai. I think Gladiators are probably going to win 4-0, although there is a chance, and my hopeful heart hopes for a like 3-1 or 3-2. I want to see Shanghai win a couple maps here, but... I'm not holding my breath. Um, as for the players, I think you're going to start the ones that you've been starting. You're going to want to start 
Fissure. Um, Asher is an absolute must-start. Still, he's the only DPS on the team that's getting consistent play time. Um, Shaz and Big Goose, both startable. Both happen to be extremely talented and play really well together and tend to get points. Um, as for Shanghai, I'm holding out still. I, I haven't seen enough from anybody that makes me excited to play them on my fantasy team yet, um, despite how excited I am for their hopeful future. Uh, what about San Francisco and Valiant, Mikey? What do you foresee? All right, well, um, Valiant, they're coming off their hot at, off a very strong week one, and uh, so this is the this is the matchup of two California teams here. I'm calling Valiant to perhaps a three one shock, and uh, off off of no off of no other reasons. I just think Valiant are the, right now. They're right now are competing at a better level than say the shock. And if we want, if we actually want to go off of off of just rankings, well, you know, Valiant they four o Soul and Soul four o the sh- the shock, which was actually which the Soul versus uh, San Francisco four o was actually a lot closer if you watch it. You know, matches came down closer, but I'm calling Valiant. It really did. That was one of those where it was like a few plays away from being a a three two victory or either way. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know the score says four o, but each match came down, passed overtime, crazy stuff happening, and you know, uh, so just got the better end of it. But back to the subject, I'm calling Law, um, LA to three one the shock for the Valiant. Um, for the Valiant, I'd say that uh, Custa. I would. I, I might. I'd, I'd probably start Custa. Uh, Fate. I'd support either one of the Valiant um, supports because I think that. Custa has value, and so does uh, Kareev. Kareev continues to play well and kind of split some of his playtime to DPS a little bit. So Kareev is still kind of on the radar for a good start. Uh, fate, fate is uh, fate is looking well. If you're willing to, if you're willing to walk the to you know walk the rope on this one, space debut week, debut week, and uh, his upside, his upside. You know he looks. Looks to go up from here uh, soon. Maybe not just yet. I'm a little. I'm still a little nervous on him. If you have him though, if you if you have him though, I don't see why you wouldn't start him. But just personally, now for the shock, Dante and Sinatra. They're looking good. They're looking good as ever. Um, sleepy, and I'd actually actually. On this, on the topic of that, I'd like to hear your opinion on, say, space and super. What do you think? What do you think their Where do you think their value lies? Um, I think both of them. Tank seems to be kind of dependent on the whole team, right? Like, yes, the tank sets up a ton of stuff uh, in real life and actual games for the rest of the team by creating space, by initiating, um, maybe joining in a dive especially in the current meta i think the shock looks very good right now with their dive um oh maybe not very maybe not best in the world maybe they don't look as good as some of the other teams but i do want to say that i think super has the ability and the teamwork to to do very well um we just kind of got to let things play out a little bit more 
Space is in a similar situation, but just maybe a better team environment or a better overall team right now. Um, it's hard to tell with Diva players, right? Like, I can easily attribute Winston kills to the Winston being one of the primary people feather dusting someone to death. But when it comes to Diva, I'd have to go back and watch and decide whether Space did most of the damage. The dude may just be showing up and spraying a little bit from a long distance. Maybe he's got clutch micro missiles or maybe it was all RNG this week. But I do think it's possible. We just haven't seen very many Debo players so far get the points that he's had on a regular basis. We got to wait it out and see what's going on in the future. If you got him, I'd probably start him if he's honestly your best option. But again, if he's your best option, what the heck did you start for the last 10 weeks? Um, brings us into Dallas Fuel versus Soul Dynasty. Mikey, why don't you tell me what you think about the matchup? All right, matchup wise, this has some this has some hidden value to this because um, this is a, this is a team right where with the Fuel they have they have a they have a lineup what's the word a lineup inconsistency but they have effects. You know, a solid tracer player, whereas the uh, Soul Dynasty, you know, they're having with with a uh, Munchkin out. I mean, no, not with I mean, with Bunny with Bunny out. We're seeing we're gonna have to see uh, Munchkin full time, and Munchkin, he's you know he, he he's not considered an elite tracer in Korea just yet in, in the in the Korean scene oh, in Korean talk, and so. This game, if Munchkin can prove himself to be the dominant tracer, say over effect, I think that um, this will this will be a statement for the Soul Dynasty that hey, you know, as uh, as Lunatic High, we've always been criticized as having lacking the DPS player that um, and so and uh, Munchkin he can that we trust him he can be that guy. And so yeah, and with the yeah, and with the score, I'm saying this is going to be. I want to go all in on this one. It's going to be a three-two because you know effect. He's coming off a he's coming off a bit of a hot week, and uh, I want to you know I want to see his bloodthirst continue to go on. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I can definitely see that happening. I think fantasy wise, uh, you're going to start effect. He continues to be good even when the team's losing or winning. Doesn't really matter. Um, the rest of the fuel suspect do they play akm again or rascal being back in the united states after returning to korea for possibly a wedding or something like that that was rumored like does rascal come back and we don't see akm anymore um is unko gonna be file fantasy viable i i don't really know i think dallas has a lot more question marks um i think oge is available now does that come into play not really sure We'll have to wait and see how things pan out there. Um, on the other side of the coin, though, I do think that the Fleta, you're still going to start him. He's still good. He still continues to score a ton of points. Um, so Fleta, still a go. Munchkin, fantasy-wise, is performing okay. DPS 3, in my opinion, Um 
on the highest upside of DPS3. Um, it just depends. We don't know what comps are going to play either. So um, outside of that, I'm still not really sure what they're doing with Miro and Kuki and who's playing when and, and where. But if you like rolling dice, that might be your game. Um, Jay Hong, absolutely a startable option. Hopefully you've got something better than Toby. Brings us into Thursday. Now, as for Thursday, I think there's a couple games that have a little bit more potential interest in them. Um, we got Boston versus New York. Boston players, if you got them, you're starting them. The only one you probably aren't starting is Ark. And in some leagues, Ark is probably not a horrible option. Um, you're not starting Pine either. Again, I said the starters. So, um, Mono, startable. Mano, startable. Mecco, sorry. There we go. Uh, Mecco is absolutely startable. Uh, he plays some hog, but so he gets a little bit more kills sometimes than the purely Diva Flex players. If you have Sabiolbi, you already know to start him. Why are you even listening to that advice? If I told you not to, you'd call me an idiot. Um, and Libero, startable. Libero looked really good. They brought Pine back in. We saw the return of Pine a little bit, but Libero is the one with the clear path to play time here, not map dependent. So, And he looked good. Uh, what do you got to say, Mikey? I hey, Liber, hey, liberal fanboy here. I like I like to see him uh, expand his hero pool, and he more than proved it uh, last week. Now, um, but like with this in mind, I think it's going to be a three. I think it's going to be a three-one with New York maybe <laughs> trolling and dropping the last map. Who knows? But uh, I'm expecting yeah, strong performance out of Sabiobi, like you said. Sabiobi, Jonak, and uh, Mono. And what do you think about London and Florida? London and Florida. Well, London, uh, they're coming off a 4-0 and uh, quite a bruising 4-0 against the Excelsior last week. They're looking to bounce bounce back. And I don't know if it's... I don't think Florida's going to give them an easy bounce back either. You know they they show they showed up a little of what they can do, and maybe they they were maybe they're a little more comfortable, say, playing Saya player, letting him get out and you know stretch his legs and see what he can do against the London Spitfire. I'll say this is going to go down to this will be one of those competitive Florida games, and it's going to go down to a three-two here with London perhaps taking it. Go ahead. I think London's going to take it, and it's going to be competitive, but it's still going to be a 3-1, go down to the fourth map, and uh, I think the fourth map is going to go towards London. So I I think it's going to be closer and that they're going to look good, but I just don't foresee um, the mayhem, even with their clearly improved roster, being able to beat London. Even after we saw London fall or burn, depending on whether or not you're a Clash fan or not. Um, I just think that London's still going to have some advantage here. Um, that brings us into the next game, though. We got the Philadelphia Fusion um, versus the Houston Outlaws. I'm going to call this as a 3-2 going towards the Fusion. We do got to hurry it up a little bit because we are kind of rolling close here. But I think that... Um, 
you're going to start your top players again. You're going to start Fraggy if he's your best main tank, which he might be. Um, you're going to start uh, Carpe. Snillo is startable like we talked about earlier. Boombox is iffy, but if you have him, he's your best, which he might be. He is a startable option. Uh, from Houston, Muma continues to do well and have the right uh, a decent amount of points on a regular basis. Cool, Matt, if you're real lucky or risky. I probably wouldn't, though. Uh, Linkser is an absolute start. Um, had a rough week this week, but I think he's going to be able to bounce back and find some success. And as for the Houston supports, uh, Rockus is startable. The other two are just kind of a risk. If they're the, really the best you have, then good luck. Uh, that kind of brings us into Friday. What do you got for me on Friday? We got to start with the LA Valium versus the Dallas Fuel. Um, LA Valium. Okay, LA Valium versus Dallas Fuel. I'm gonna say that um, this is looking like three-one victory for uh, for Valiant. Maybe even pushing four-zero for me. Actually, um, I'm expecting big game from soon. Uh, because I w- I'd like to see the Tracer duel with him in effect, and I think Soon's going to get the better end of it. Uh, I I think we're going to get that same consistent performance from both Kareev and Custa, and uh, Fate as Fate Fate as well. For the fuel, I believe the only person warrant that warrants a start is Effect. You know, he showed he showed us what he could do last week, and um, I believe. The, uh, another game this week was against the Soul Dynasty, and uh, he's going to give us a performance. So he's still more. That's he's still. You're still starting him. Effect for the fuel. No one else on the fuel to me is entirely too startable. <laughs> and that leads us into the Shock versus the Dragons. What's your take on that? The uh, same starters we kind of talked about before um, for both teams. I do think you know Dante and Sinatra uh, and Super are all really good picks for the Shock. Um, as is Sleepy, like we said, he's going to be a consistent, or not maybe a little bit inconsistent, but he has the upside to be a really top-tier support player uh, some weeks in fantasy. We just hope that continues. As for the Dragons, not really bought in yet. As far as the game goes as a whole, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Shock are going to take this, but the Dragons also take a map here. So it's going to be a 3-1 for the Shock. Um bringing us into the final matchup on Friday, which is going to be Soul Dynasty versus the LA Gladiators. Um, same starters we talked about for the Dynasty, the Gladiators. Uh, you know, Asher, Fisher, very safe starts, as well as the support duos. We kind of already covered that um, as far as the players go. But on the call for the game, man, Soul has me stressing. They just... Unless they come back and look better than they did last week, I'm gonna give this to the Gladiators in a three. Wow! Um, I just you lose to some struggling teams or maybe a team on the rebound, and honestly, like we said, with shock, it was close. It you were a couple plays away, and. I don't think that you can give that opportunity to a slightly stronger Gladiators team. Um, 
But that kind of carries us into Saturday. The start off for the Saturday, who do we got? My first, Mikey. Oh, we got um, have a match between the Spitfire and the Fusion. Um, despite previous history with the Spitfire, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give the Fusion a four zero over the Spitfire. Spitfire, you know, just the pre the previous week, you know, they're coming off of uh, getting what three two by Houston, four zero by New York. They're you know they're not in they're not in the stable position that they need to be that I expect from Spitfire now. Uh, the, now on the flip side, the Fusion looking dominant as ever. Um, I don't I I, I don't I don't think Fusion they're tra- I don't think the train's gonna stop rolling anytime soon and it's gonna run over the Spitfire team. I'm calling the four zero right here. What do you think? I'm with you hundred percent. Players we already kind of talked about. Um, you want to start the Spitfire uh, main DPS, Birdring and Profit. Uh, Gesture continues to be at the top. Bedozen, strong healing support pick. Um, Fusion, Carbase, Snello, Fraggy. They'll take you to the top. Uh, bringing us into the middle of the, of the Saturday, and that's going to be NYXL versus the Houston Outlaws. Hate to watch the Outlaws lose, but unless they play a game of Overwatch better than they have played lately, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this thinking NYXL is gonna be able to take this one. Um, same players we've kind of continued to talk about for those teams. Anything else you got to say about them, Mikey? Before bringing us into Florida versus Boston, uh, call me crazy on this one. I think this might go to a three-two series on. Um- on for uh for Houston and with New York taking the victory just because you know it's New York but Houston plays up against the Cream I will give give you me some give, so I think a three tell me two some, towards uh NY is a good tell call. me like tell me what why does like Houston why does Houston always have something up their sleeves for Korean teams like do do Korean teams just like do, like do, are they just baffled by wrong man <laughs> it's like Ty wrong it's like the same week that Houston. You know, three twos, London. They get four would by Boston. It's, I, I, but yeah, yeah. The they struggle against the hyper aggressive dive. NYXL doesn't necessarily play a super hyper aggressive dive uh, way to play, but I do think that you know they have the ability to do it and the smarts and the overall talent. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm calling the three two. It's just for whatever reason. Korean team, it's going to be competitive for Houston. Give it to, give it to them for that. And then, yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm down with that. Yeah, and then the final game we're going to transition to Florida Mayhem versus the uh, Boston Uprising. You know, these are two teams that you know Mayhem. They don't, they can only go up from here. They're looking better as ever in Boston. They're in Boston. rebound. Yeah, we'll see what Boston can do. Um, I think this game. Honestly, may go to Florida. I'll call this Florida as a as a three one to Florida. Um, not because I think Boston's going to struggle, but because I really do believe in the Florida team getting consistently better. And Boston, it might just take them a week to get stuff back on step. Um, who do you think is going to take that one, Mikey? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with you. It's going to be a three one for Florida. Florida side, you know, just. 
the instability on, on Boston right now, they're, they're going to be going through a, a haphazardness of who's going to play who, whereas Florida, everything's a bit more established. They're going to take advantage of that. Florida's going to 3-1 the Boston here. Yeah, I, I can get behind it. Like I said, I think I think the same thing. Um, but overall, are there are there any notes you want to mention before before the the start of this week? Uh, Anything important you can think of? No, um, none, not none thus far. You know, many things like in just this short week, many things have changed about uh, like many opinions, many thought processes, and you know have have, have changed in just this past week. And so you have to, you know, as fantasy owners, you'll have to take that into account and just know that Overwatch, it's, 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 um, it's inconsistent. It's, it evolves very quick by meta, by meta, stage by stage, whatever. I mean, even as the teams figure out how to respond to the meta, you know, we saw vastly different comps on Junkertown week one, stage one, than we did two, stage one. So, um, Things change. Keep your eyes peeled, eyes posted. Um, Mikey, tell me, where can the good people find you? Hey, well, I mean, just I'm on I'm on Twitter constantly. You know, open open DMs, open uh, open account at wmikejl on Twitter, and you can find me as one of the mods on the uh, Fantasy Overwatch Discord, which will be linked in this uh, in, in this uh, podcast. Yeah, you can find that in the notes. You can find the show on Fantasy Watch O-Dub. That's on Twitch and on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Send us questions. Send us reviews, ratings, whatever you may want. Uh, you can find me personally on Invictus O-Dub on Twitter.com. Uh, you can email the show at FantasyWatchODub at gmail.com. I do check that most of the time. Um... And if you have any other inquiries or just want to come hang out, uh, we try to watch most of the games uh, that we can together in the Discord. I will be there Thursday and Friday this week. Um, probably most of the time Thursday, all of the time Friday. Uh, so come on, come join us, hang out, have a good time. Um, I'll put that in the notes uh, for us, as well as you can find that on the pinned tweet on our Twitter account, which again is FantasyWatchOdub. Other than that, Mikey, you got any last words for the people? Hey, you know, be excellent to each other. And, um, hey, let's enjoy some Overwatch, uh, Overwatch games. Hey. Mikey said it best. Go out there, be excellent to each other, and always remember to party on, dudes. <laughs> Signing out. Three, two, one, stop.